Petersfield's Shine Radio. Shine Radio's Growing Together with Claire Venice and Steve Amos is sponsored by DeMello and Company. Financial advice for you, your family and your future. Hello, thanks for joining us in Growing Together, the gardening programme from Petersfield's Shine Radio. I'm Claire Venice. And I'm Steve Amos. And we're delighted to have you join us in the mid-January edition of this gardening podcast. We are down at the Adhurst Estate allotment. Bright and early, my goodness me. Is it cold? It's freezing. (laughs) Claire sat here with hat, gloves, scarf and a hot water bottle on her lap. (laughs) I'm toughing it out, wishing I had a hot water bottle, if I'm honest. Thermals everywhere. Yeah. Um, And we are, of course, the only people here because it is mid-January. We're the only ones daft enough. Exactly. But it's a lovely morning. The sun is coming up. It's looking to be another gorgeous January day. It looks beautiful, doesn't it? I, I love this time of year. The light's fantastic. The rawness of the trees and the, the landscape is just is just beautiful, isn't it? Contrast with the frosts, it's just great, isn't it? We haven't had any cold weather this year so far, have we? We need it. We do, oh, we do, we do. Those pests and bugs and diseases hate cold weather, so as gardeners, we love it. And the garlics like it. The garlics like it, absolutely. Joining us in this episode, we have Mark Porter from the National Garden Scheme with news of gardens opening soon for snowdrops and spring bulbs. And head gardener Ben Pope returns for the new year with the Working Garden Diary for January. So Steve, we're down here at the allotment. I imagine you haven't been down here a lot recently. Uh, Do you know what? I've not. And I'm embarrassed to say I've not because, you know, I had best intentions over the Christmas period to... um, <laughs> we should just say <laughs> we, we have Luna with us, and I think the the frost and the little bit of snow that's left on the ground has sent her a little bit do lally, and she's looking for plant pots. Her favourite chew toy, which is a plant pot. So that crunching in the background is my mental dog. Apologies. She's really enjoying it down here. She is. She's loving it. But no, I was saying um, I'm embarrassed to say I, I, I didn't make it down once. If I'm honest, it was just so wet. What's the point in coming down, just getting absolutely soaking wet and probably achieving not a lot, apart from getting the ground all muddy? So I didn't. Well, it is. It's the time of year to take stock, really, isn't it? To think about how you want to garden this year, if you want to change things around, make plans, write out crop rotation, things like that. Yeah, there's all sorts to be done. I spent a couple of days last week going through the seed catalogues. I'm doing a few plant sales this year, so I've ordered extra seeds to grow tomato plants, cucumber plants, squash plants, all that kind of stuff. Bit of a bigger seed order this year for me. And we've spoken about it before. I've got grand plans for the right-hand side of the allotment this year to, to redo all the beds. All the planning's done. All the cutting list is done. I just need to go and buy the timber now. So I'm a stage further than I was last year. So I am hopeful it's going to happen this year. Well, are you planning to also do some shows yourself as well this year? Well, yeah, I am. It's all a bit up in the air because there's a bit of a plan to go on holiday this year. A bit of a grand holiday in the summer, which is going to probably cover a couple of the shows. But it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make for a, for a big old trip away, which would be lovely. And that's the thing, isn't it? This time of year, you can think about how you're going to garden, how you're going to grow to fit in with other things you want to do in your life. Well, exactly. You know, there's an awful lot going on in the world. Everyone's busy. There's all sorts happening, isn't there? So it's about balancing what you're doing every day and trying to make some time for yourself and make some time for your garden. That's a really good thing, actually, Steve. You're right. The balance is so important. It is, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. 
Well, I'm really excited because I'm going to the Greyshot Gardeners Gardening Club meeting this evening. Are you? How yeah. exciting. They have a lady called Sheila Das coming from Wisley to talk about sustainable gardening, which I'm really interested in finding out more about. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that I think I'm going to look to do more this year. Go to a few more gardening talks meet more people at different clubs it's a great way to chat and get advice we've got so many active gardening clubs around here as you say you're off to Greyshot but there's a couple that I'm a member of Liss and then there's Lippock and Bramshot as well there's gardening clubs up at Privet Froxfield we're surrounded by a really active gardening community around here which we're really lucky about I think and of course we have to mention that our seed swap is coming up it soon. is it is we're excited about that Saturday March the 9th from 10 until 2 it's happening at Winton House which is on the High Street in Petersfield do come along there'll be lots of gardening organisations to chat to find advice out from we'll obviously have a load of seeds to swap seedlings as well and there'll be a few workshops taking place throughout too. And, don't, and don't forget the lovely refreshments on offer absolutely we've got cakes and teas and coffees provided by young harriet and her friend they're actually doing some fundraising i think that's brilliant which is awesome yeah and yeah. they're fundraising for their trip for their trip to africa yeah and the trip to africa is a really interesting one because it's not just a trip to africa they're going out in the community they're going to be doing community projects i mean it's a trip of a lifetime yeah. sounds amazing I yeah, might yeah. Start fundraising for my own yeah <laughs> <laughs> well this time of year there are beautiful gardens you can go and visit private gardens that open for the national garden scheme at specific times throughout the year and it's very nearly snowdrop time so let's hear from mark porter who is trustee of the national garden scheme with more news about the scheme and gardens you can visit soon i've come to chawton house in hampshire to meet with mark porter from the national garden scheme hello mark hi claire lovely to see you again we met just under a year ago to talk about the national garden scheme but it's great to catch up with you again to find out what the scheme has got coming up this year can you remind us what the national garden scheme is please so the national garden scheme opens nearly three and a half thousand gardens across england and wales to the public they're quality gardens for people to come and see incredible displays starting with snowdrops which is what we'll talk about in a minute right the way through spring bulbs through amazing roses in the summer right through to autumn gardens particularly herbaceous perennials vegetable gardens allotments you name it but they're all quality gardens typically most of them with an amazing cup of tea and a piece of cake ah now that's important it is. <laughs> so these gardens are private gardens that open up to the public throughout the year they are and the main reason for doing it is to raise money for charity and last year i can just say that we donated 3.4 million pounds to nursing and care charities which is our best year ever and it's thanks to the generosity of these amazing owners that do it and obviously to the visitors who come but 3.4 million going to people like Macmillan, Marie Curie, Hospice UK, Horatio's Garden, you name it and now including some really interesting new community gardens where people have got a specific garden where there's a physical or mental well-being behind it in terms of the money that they need and we can give them grants for that and that's increasingly showing there's a huge demand for that sort of thing as well so uh, it was a record year and we were delighted that's fantastic so how long has the national garden scheme been running for would you believe it it's coming up to 100 years it started in 1927 we we're 100 years in 2027 and we've got lots and lots of ideas underway to plan for what's going to happen in our centenary look forward to that yeah so this time of year it's nice to get out if you can 
When do the gardens start to open for the National Garden Scheme? They start literally in the next few weeks with our snowdrop gardens. And there's a couple of gardens in Surrey that will open literally in the next 10 days or so. And the ones over here in Hampshire. And we're standing right actually outside Chawton House Library, which is the first garden that opens for us. And it's opening on Sunday the 4th of February. So then every Sunday after that we'll be having gardens that open. Go onto the NGS website, do a quick search and you'll be able to see gardens locally for you. We've actually got Sandhill Farmhouse near Petersfield that will actually be opening. Again, that'll be opening in early February uh, with my great friend Rosemary Alexander who owns that one. A very favourite garden for lots of people. But we've got gardens near Winchester, so at actually Little Court at Crawley. And our own garden, the Downhouse in Itchenabas, is also open for two days again in February. Yes, because you have a garden that looks beautiful in the spring. Lots of spring bulbs. Very kind. We just featured in Period Living, would you believe, this month, actually with an eight-page article on the garden in winter. So yes, you can actually create a garden of all-year interests. If you have a lot of structure in the garden, I mean, it carries you through these dark winter months. But standing here today, first time in a long, long time, it's actually not terribly dark grey and terribly rainy. And it, you feel good. You want to get out again. Yeah, and to see that little pop of colour coming back just gives some hope doesn't it for the year ahead well typically they start off with the yellow aconites the winter aconite it starts off around about now but then the snowdrops all start to emerge then you move into things like crocus thomasinianus the lovely mauve crocus we see everywhere they're moving into hellebores and then we'll be soon into narcissi daffodils and then tulips and then away we go So the National Garden Scheme is known for its spring and snowdrop festivals. How long has that been running for? Over the last few years, we've fairly found that many, many of our gardens opened obviously early, but to actually bring this together in one real big publicity push has allowed us to actually gather a real momentum behind it. If you go onto the website, you talk about all the snowdrop gardens we've actually got opening across England and Wales. And generally, how much does it cost to enter one of these gardens? I often say it's the best value for money visit you can possibly have. You can probably get an entry and tea and cake for £10, which is actually not bad. So typically the entry would be about £5 to go in. But of course you want to warm up with some tea and cake. And I notice here at Chawton House they're actually going to be doing, would you believe, light refreshments, lunches, wine, everything as well on their open day. (laughs) Something to look forward to, definitely. Makes your garden visit extra special. It does. Well, the tea and cake is very important. What's a favourite cake for the National Garden Scheme? Would you believe, by a country mile, it's coffee and walnut. Second is lemon drizzle, third is Victoria sponge. (laughs) But coffee and walnut, bizarrely, is more than all the others added together, would you believe? How funny. I know it is, isn't it? Yeah, that's brilliant. (laughs) Now, the National Garden Scheme is also going to be featured at this year's Chelsea Flower Show. How fantastic. We are so excited. So thanks to the generosity of the charity called Project Giving Back, they are sponsoring a number of gardens that Chelsea have done for the last couple of years. We applied a couple of years ago to be considered. We submitted our portfolio and were chosen. We're delighted we have Tom Stuart Smith coming back after a long, long time, who's designing our garden. It's a woodland garden and it's going to be absolutely stunning. It's going to be right on the corner of Main Avenue. And it will give the charity, our National Garden Scheme, such great publicity. And it gives us a great platform to talk about what it is we do, which is raising money for nursing and care.
I'm really looking forward to seeing this garden. I also heard that some of the National Garden Scheme garden owners have donated some plants towards this garden. They are. We put our call out about a year ago, because this is how long you need to plan these things, to garden owners to say, if we were successful in our bid, would you have certain collections that would be suitable for a woodland setting? And could you start growing some in volume? Because that's what we need. And the response was amazing. And quite recently, uh, Tom has actually hosted those owners who are actually producing the plants at his place in Hertfordshire to say thank you. And those plants will be actually on the showground. What a lovely touch. That really is quite special. So why did you want to work with Tom Stewart-Smith? Because he has opened his garden for over 30 years for us which is amazing. And so he's been a big supporter of the National Garden Scheme for a long, long time. So we've known him well. And when we had this come along, it was really an obvious choice to ask him if he'd actually come back. Because he hasn't done a show garden at Chelsea for a long time. So I'm sure that the BBC cameras will be all over him too. Are you going to be there? I certainly will, pretty well most of the week. That's very exciting. What happens to the garden afterwards? So that's going, amazingly, to the new Maggie Centre at Cambridge, at Addenbrooke's Hospital. So the Maggies, again, they do a cancer support and it's a charity that the National Garden Scheme supports and it's going to be a new garden at Addenbrooke's for around the new Maggie Centre. And we're delighted because all the gardens at Chelsea these days have to have somewhere they're going to go to after the show. And uh, this was another major, major feature, I think, in why our garden was selected because we had such a great place for the garden to go to at the end of the show. So how have the gardens at the National Garden Scheme changed over the years with regards to what type of garden you like to to feature? Well I think it's a really interesting question Claire because when the charity first started as you can imagine the trustees would you believe of the Queen's Nursing Institute which is where all this started um, had very large gardens and the idea at a trustees meeting was to open the garden to the public that's how this first started way back in 1927 and when 609 gardens actually opened for the price of a shilling would you believe? raising £8,000, which is equivalent to nearly £450,000 these days. And there were large country estate gardens. So the first thousand or so gardens that we had in the 30s and 40s were typically very large country estates. But over the years, we've actually managed to get a real range of gardens now, including some ones where literally the garden is maybe, I don't know, a quarter of an acre, just a small garden, but beautifully maintained, immaculate presentation and really interesting horticulture. We've also got gardens which are just allotments. So we've got our own garden in Hampshire, our own gardens at Hook near Basingstoke, where the allotment holders came together two years ago and asked us if they could open. They absolutely immaculately maintained, and actually 30 or so of the plot holders actually are there on the open days giving advice to visitors on how to grow anything from dahlias to parsnips. I love that. (laughs) Well, Mark, it's been really great to catch up with you again and to find out what's going on with the National Garden Scheme this year and things to look forward to. Pleasure, Claire. Thank you very much indeed for asking me. Thanks again. Talking of places to visit, the community garden here in Petersfield, just next door to the allotments here, is having some wassailing again. They love a good wassail, don't they? They really do. They do it so well. They've got choirs, they've got Morris dancers teas and coffees and cake a bonfire as well there's there's a theme here with gardening isn't there and visiting gardens it's all about the cake (laughs) (laughs) we should go on a tour over the next couple of years a hundred gardens by cake (laughs) yeah it's not a bad idea (laughs) it's all right isn't it we'll be the size of a house a bit more digging done exactly (laughs) work it off well the wassailing will take place on sunday january the 21st from 2 until 3 p.m everyone's welcome the petersfield community choir will be singing again it's their 10th year there'll be also some 
apple tree pruning demonstrations by the lovely... I was going to say, it's bound to be Phil Paolo, isn't it? Got to be Hopefully. Phil. So great to go visit that if you can. You can if you want to sow some sweet peas this time of year. Live demonstration. There's my sweet pea seeds. What do you do with those, Steve? I'm going to be sowing them. Excellent. Over the next few days. Good. I've made a decision to do them later this year. All the onion seeds are in, in a propagator, doing their thing. Do you have to put them in a propagator? Because you, you grow onions from seed. Yeah, I always start them off in a propagator. I've got a great big, it's called a Vitapod propagator. It can fit six A4 size seed trays in it. You sound very excited about that, it Steve. It's awesome. Your eyes lit up when you're I talking know, it's about it. has got a thermostat and everything. So the onion seeds are in there. Have yes. you got anything else in there at the moment? No, nothing. Are you planning and, to? No, not this month. Beginning of next month, tomatoes, chilies, aubergines, peppers. We'll be going into the Vitapod. I think I'm going to wait until February this yep. year to start off the peppers and the chilies and yep. the tomatoes and the aubergines because I did them too early last year. I was mm. too eager, yep. desperate to plant something. And they did what they always do, is that they get really leggy. I use a propagator to get the seedlings up. And once they're potted on, it's important to keep them frost free. But I think if you keep them inside, as you say, they'll just get really leggy. They won't be particularly healthy plants. So yeah, don't be too eager. There's plenty of growing season. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah, because it we're is. all itching to get I know, going. I know. It is hard, but it's worth the wait. Now, are you growing potatoes this year? Are you yes. looking for new varieties? So it looks like my favourite potato variety is back on the market. After a couple of years of a failed seed crop, the Anya potato is back out there by the looks of it. So I'm very excited about that because it's so good. It is beautiful. It's nutty. It's waxy. It's just super tasty. So whenever they get here, get the old egg trays, get them in a, you know, not a warm place, but a, again, another frost free place, plenty of light, get the chitting going. And then my tradition, Easter weekend, the spuds all going. Good. Very excited about that. <laughs> and actually you can grow them in pots too. So if oh, you don't have that much space, you can grow them in pots, in bags. 100%. And one of the things that is pretty much the easiest thing to grow is a bag of potatoes. You just get a, a big pot or buy a bag of compost, empty three quarters of it out, plant three or four seed potatoes in the bottom of the bag in the compost. As the shoots start rising, top it up, top it up. When the flowers have gone, cut the tops off, tip it out, you've got all your potatoes. You can literally do it by your front door. You need no space whatsoever. There are some easy ways to grow lots of different veg and fruit in pots actually, mm. so worth investigating if you'd like to do that. Well, someone who's got lots of gardening information and advice is head gardener Ben Pope, who works at a private garden in West Sussex. And he's back for the Working Garden Diary in January, where we take a peek in the greenhouses Hello, Ben. Happy New Year. Hello, Claire. Happy New Year. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good now that we've had this change in the weather, which I'm sure everyone's feeling, aren't they? <laughs> oh, my goodness. The start of the year was so wet and miserable and grey, but we are sat in the garden, in the sun, towards one of these beautiful, crisp, blue-skied January days. Yeah, they're Lovely. the treasures, aren't they? That's what we hope for, a few of those in winter. Definitely helps with us getting on with stuff in the garden, that's for sure. It's a little windy, might hear occasionally a few gusts, but we are in a walled garden and it's looking beautiful, Ben. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, this time of year it really starts to, to get tidy and we're, we're doing lots of pruning, cutting back, that sort of thing, getting ready for the, for the new growing season ahead. Yes, because pruning season... January is a good month for doing that. Certainly is, yeah. So all of our, our fruit 
So we'll be working through all our apple trees and our trained fruit that some of the pears, we do summer prune them as I've mentioned probably already, but we do a little winter prune where we'll thin through the spurs. And then of course things like our raspberries, so our, our late summer raspberries will cut them right back to the ground. The summer flowering, the earlier fruiting raspberries, will actually leave in last year's growth and then cut all the old fruiting growth that's already happened. And then there's other things like gooseberries, fans and cordons, all that sort of thing that we'll go through and we'll prune all of those. Black currants will be taking about a third of the oldest wood right back to the base to encourage some fresh growth because they fruit better on two to three year wood. I mean, that's the thing with pruning, you know, you're trying to just reinvigorate the plant and get some fresh younger growth that's going to have more flower and then of course more fruit. But you're right, there are different pruning methods for different <laughs> There plants. are, there's a lot, there's a lot, yes. <laughs> so as you mentioned, the raspberries, the yeah. autumn raspberries, they can be cut to the ground because they will fruit on new growth, whereas summer raspberries will fruit on last year's Exactly growth. that, and that's why they're earlier. That's a really good way of thinking about it. So because they're early, they're fruiting on last year's wood. So that's the wood you want to keep. So anything that's got its branches and you can see some old desiccated raspberries, they can be cut back. Whereas, yeah, the primer canes, they often call them, the autumn flowering ones, they cut back to the floor, they're very easy to look after. And then they up, they come, and then they fruit, because they've got to do all that growing before they flower and fruit, that's why they're later in the year. So that's a good way of remembering it. But um, autumn bliss is a fantastic old variety that we grow, and I'm growing a nice one called all gold now as well, which is a really nice yellow one that looks amazing on the plate. Lovely. I love an autumn raspberry. Yeah. They're little extra treats that you get at the end of the year. Yeah, and I always think they've had the whole summer of summer long days sun, so they're much more sweeter, I think, than the early ones. Delicious. And also, there are things to still do in the garden, but it's also a great time of year to think about what you're going to grow this year. Something new, try something different. Do you do new things every year here in the garden? Yeah, we try to. I mean, you know, why not? That's the whole joy of gardening, isn't it? Try something new. And yeah, if we do get some wet, or if it's just too cold, perhaps, a good thing to do now is to go through your seed lists. Go through your seeds, see what you've got, if you haven't done that already over Christmas. So in fact, just the weekend gone, I was, I was looking up at the seed catalogues and getting on the websites and um, yeah, we're gonna grow some new squashes. I lo absolutely love squashes because they look so good and they're really easy to grow. And you, um, you can get some really nice soups come the autumn time. So there's one called Honey Boat that I've never grown before. It's supposed to taste sweeter than a butternut squash grows much like a squash and it's this kind of marbled green and white colour, you know, so amazing. But we'll also grow the old stuff too, faithfuls, so um, kaolettes are one that you don't really, well you see them in the shops now but you only the last couple of years and they're amazing, they're a cross between a kale and a broccoli. The slugs for us don't get them so they're super useful as, as a plant for us and you grow them much like you would a Brussels sprout. So we'll be growing things like that, mixing old and new together. It's a bit of fun isn't it? It is, it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you do have a lovely space here because you have a kitchen garden, which is the walled kitchen garden we're sitting in at the moment. You have woodland, you have meadow, you yes. have lots of options here. Yeah, yeah, and, and January is the time when those, those shrubs outside the walled garden really start to flower, the winter sweet sort of scented shrubs. So sarcococca, you know, the Christmas box is smelling amazing. For us, the hamamelis are only just starting to get going because we're in this cold frost pocket. There's Daphne Balua that's smelling amazing, Chimonanthus praycox. So lots to enjoy outside the uh, productive wall garden too. And now on those cold grey days where it's just a bit too difficult to be in mm, the garden. Yes, yeah, I know those. <laughs> <laughs> you have some beautiful greenhouses here. We do, yeah, yeah. Do you want to have a look? Should we have a little wander? Let's yeah, see what on, you've got going on. on in the greenhouse. Here we are. Yeah, so out of, out of the wind, you can feel the temperature is 
a lot warmer, can't you? It's lovely in the sun. Yeah, and I mean, this is unheated, this greenhouse. So there's no heating whatsoever. It's just got a, a south-facing wall and the glass, but um, it's still enough pretty much to keep the frost off. And, and so it's a great greenhouse for growing winter salads, which you can see starting coming through. There's the early cheer narcissus coming up that will be smelling beautiful and we'll cut that for the house. We've also got lots of parsley and coriander, lamb's lettuce, which is hardy outside, but we also grow it inside depending on what sort of a winter we get. So yeah, we can pick from all of that. And then it's great for overwintering stuff, our tender stuff for our pots. So you see bags of cannas and, and dahlias that are drying underneath the benches. Super useful space. Well, the door's open as well. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's really important on sunny days in particular to air your greenhouse because a lot of the condensation can build up and the temperature can build up and then you can get sort of moulds, botrytis going on. So in fact, getting that airflow on these hot days is really, really important. But you can see as well, we've got over there sweet peas. So that's autumn sown sweet peas. We tip them out. They're now in nine centimetre pots and we'll be sort of toughening them up again, having the window open with airflow and that all helps to produce a stronger plant for outside. But you could sow them now. There's no problem if you didn't sow them in the autumn. Now is a great time to be sowing sweet peas to start getting them going. They are quite hardy as long as you grow them pretty tough and pretty hardy. And then if we get a really awful late frost, then maybe a bit of protection. But these sweet peas will probably be planted out maybe March time. Do you grow different varieties or do you stick to the same one every year? Again, again, we do have old favourites. Coupani, it's one of the oldest ones, absolutely beautiful. Um, Chatsworth is a lovely pale blue that we like to grow, but we do like to mix it up. We grew a really hot orange one, um, I think it was Henry Eckford last year, and actually it bleached in the sun for us. It was really tricky. So we've, you know, every day's a school day with gardening, isn't it? You're always learning. So we know that if we're going to grow that one again, perhaps somewhere shadier, but yeah. There's so many new varieties, wonderful varieties coming through. England is a great country for growing sweet peas because you have got that slightly cooler, wetter weather. They are good because you can successionally sow them as well, can't you? Indeed, indeed. If we hadn't sown an autumn sowing, we would do a sowing now. But because we have done an autumn one, we'll probably leave it another month or two and then sow again. And then we might even do another one later. We have done third sowings, probably sort of April time. And these, if we get a wet enough summer they'll be cropping beautifully come September. Because it's with sweet peas, it's the heat and the dry that they kind of go a bit tight and then and they can get mildew and all the rest of it. So actually successionally sowing them is a really good way of ensuring you get a fresh crop with long stems for a while. Do love a sweet pea. Well, you have a second greenhouse here. We do, we're spoiled. Do you want to come and have a look? <laughs> yeah, let's have a look. So you'll notice these ones are heated and we've actually got fan heaters so that blows the air around so even though the doors are shut we're still getting that air movement that I said is really important. More salad just sort of trying to keep different sort of salads going on in different areas at different times just to try and keep that crop going. Physalis we tend to keep cropping through the winter so that's always quite nice. And then in here, we've got our pelagoniums, all our tender perennials that we'll be using for our containers, the cuttings that we've taken, and then the start of next year's crops, really. Let's have a look. Oh, screechy on the old door. More bulbs, so yeah, hippiastrums, hyacinths that we're forcing, and then a few orchids for the house, and then I say lots of cuttings there. And, and, and then we will be starting thinking about sowing for, for this year's crops, actually. But we'll only be doing that because we're going to be using some artificial lighting as well this year and on things like chilies just to get that little head start. But if you haven't got artificial lighting and heating, I would certainly be waiting before sowing anything until those days get longer. Otherwise, you, you end up kind of with all these long etiolated seedlings that you don't quite know what to do with too early and you can't put them out. It's all about growing to what conditions you have. 
I noticed behind you, there are some chilli plants here already. Yeah, so these are from last year, so we're going to overwinter them, and you can do that. I often have struggled with the vigour of chillies, actually find that the vigour of a seedling sown that year is far more greater. But um, I've been inspired to try again because a few people have said that they've had their chilies plants for three, four years and they're wonderful. So I thought, no, you know what, we're going we're gonna to have another go. Maybe I just wasn't generous enough in feeding them. So these old chilies, I think what we're going to do is probably come February, March, when, of course, they're indoors in the greenhouse. The light levels are getting warmer. It'll get, the heat will get more intense. We'll repot them a little bit. So we'll shake off a little bit of the soil. Don't disturb the root ball too much, but repot them in some fresh compost. And I think that hopefully should really get them going. Great to have chilies year round. Yeah, yeah. Well, chili jam—it's one of my favourites. I've probably mentioned it before, but I absolutely love it. Um, you know, combining it with tomatoes, sugar, some spices, and you have it as a jam, and you can put it in stir fries or on cheese or whatever. It's gorgeous. It's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for showing us the greenhouses. Um, talking of eating produce now. What have you got outside that you're still harvesting and, and eating? Ah, so so outside we've still, as I had mentioned, lamb's lettuce and some of the, the winter salads, which is great. But now is a good time for the brassicas, in particular Brussels sprouts. You know, we had such a mild, wet run up to Christmas and, and that's traditionally when you want your Brussels. But actually this frost, this cold weather that we're having, it converts a lot of starch to sugars so you get a much better flavour so now is like the perfect time to be doing your Brussels sprouts you know with a, a bit of pancetta or something like that it's delicious they're a wonderful source of vitamin C aren't they as well they are exactly I mean getting anything green in now is really good and brassicas really are you know lettuce and a lot of the salad crops will be in the brassica family as well a really really good source of getting just some of that fresh I mean it's it's seeing it on the plate isn't it and then eating it is good for the mind as well as the body like you say the vitamin c so yeah that, that's one of our champion crops at the moment yum keep those brussels sprouts going <laughs> <laughs> indeed well you have a wonderful book ben i have been looking at particularly this this time of year where i can't get in the garden as much but your book what to grow sow and do is so handy because it takes you throughout the seasons of what you can grow sow and do in the garden oh that's lovely thanks so much for mentioning it yeah yeah it's, it was a passion it came in lockdown there are a lot of how-to books you know month by month but this one we sort of changed it up and I said actually you should try and garden by the seasons and observing what the plants are doing that's the most important thing I think as a gardener so um, yeah it was all about that and just trying to have something that's a bit approachable and a bit more atmospheric I suppose rather than clinical and yeah. um, hopefully you found that I did it's a beautiful <laughs> book it's clearly laid out and the pictures are beautiful and there's a huge amount of information in there Ben it's a lovely book so recommend that definitely. oh thank you so much <laughs> well it's been great catching up with you I don't know where the time's gone thank you very much for taking us around the greenhouses and giving us some handy tips for what to do in January. Oh, absolutely my pleasure. Well, something else we should consider this time of year are our little feathered friends. Yes. Who do suffer this time of year. They do. It's not been that cold and there's lots of berries on the trees, but when the ground freezes over and it's really cold, they need that extra energy. And if we can help that, then that's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, definitely yeah. get some fat balls or some nuts and seeds for the birds in the garden. And it is the RSPB Big Garden Bird Watch coming up January the 26th to the 28th. Well, you can sign up if you'd like to do the Garden Bird Watch. It actually only takes an hour of your time, although it takes place the whole weekend. So you can sign up on the RSPB website, rspb.org.uk. The most spotted birds in the UK last year were the house 
sparrow and the blue tit. There was a field fair down here the other day, which was a good sight to see. And there's loads of bird life around here and no one feeds the birds, but it is absolutely teeming. You can still hear the hedgerows now, it's still tweeting away and there's all sorts. It yeah, is yeah. lovely. So don't forget, it's the Petersfield Seed Swap on Saturday, March the 9th. The project is funded this year by the UK government through the UK Shared Prosperity Fund. We're organising workshops to We'll be there. Come and say hi. We really would love to meet you. Save the date. Put it in your diary. Absolutely. And if you fancy growing or never grown before and you just want to come and have a chat, just do come along because it will be good fun. And we've got lots of lovely help from local organisations, including the Petersfield Men's Shed, who are making the wooden boxes for the seed packets to go in. Fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah, and they do some great stuff, don't they? They really do. Yeah, they yeah. really do. Well, thank you very much for joining us in this mid-January edition of the Growing Together podcast. Thanks also to our guests Mark Porter and to Ben Pope thank you to Luna for keeping us company and entertained Steve we better go and warm up somewhere. we better have honestly my feet feel like they're blocks of ice it's good stuff <laughs> it's exactly. great to be out in the fresh air it's a beautiful morning down here it is we'd love to hear from you you can send us any questions to join us and grow at gmail.com you can say hi and follow us on instagram it's growing together underscore podcast we'll be back in early february until then happy gardening growing together is new twice a month and supported by demello and company financial advice for you your family and your future get the latest editions of growing together at any time at shineradio.uk made by volunteers in petersfield this is shine radio oh, it's like being in a little family Um, I love the community spirit. I like coming out to events like this. This is my first event with Shine. I'm honing in on my editing skills right now. I've been allowed free reign of the controls this weekend. And yeah, just learning loads of new skills, being able to broadcast, interview. It's really good. Petersfield's Shine Radio. You make it shine. Call Petersfield 555 500 or email team at shineradio.uk.